praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, we lift up little Jordan before you and pray for her and her mom, for their salvation, their healing. We pray for those who have loved ones on their heart right now. We just thank you that you're sending your word and you're healing them. We confess the name and the glory that's in your name right now, the name of Jesus over our family. We say that for us in our house, we choose to serve the Lord. We choose the blessing. We choose life. We choose salvation and healing. And Lord, we just right now choose to be obedient to your word. Surrender our life. That you have the lordship over our lives in every area. We surrender our minds and our ears, our eyes, our hands, our feet, our heart. We surrender our worship to you. We glorify you. That all that we have is yours, Lord. We praise you that you are mighty and you're high and lifted up as we glorify your name tonight. In Jesus' name. Turn to somebody just shake their hand on their neck. Tell them you love them in the love of the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Well, we welcome you tonight. So glad you're here. Hallelujah. Good to see you. I uh, want to make a few announcements tonight. The ladies' mentoring is tomorrow night at 6.30. You want to make sure to be here for that. And they always eat and have a lot of good fellowship. So tomorrow night, all the ladies are welcomed here at 6.30. Also, Young at Heart is having their uh, potluck here at Word of Grace at 6.30 on Friday the 25th. So make sure that you come this Friday back there and have a great time. Also, the Couples Connection are bowling at Tiger Lanes the, uh, at 7 o'clock this Friday. You can see Sister Kathy about that. Uh, Sister Jen and, and uh, those who want to can come and see this Saturday meeting here at 8.30 and getting ready to go to Bound for Life. Go stand in front of the abortion clinic and intercede on behalf of, of those babies and those mothers who are contemplating abortion. Also, Gracetown kids are having a bake sale uh, this Sunday, September 27th. Uh, the afternoon service, please sign up in the foyer if you want to donate something like that. And also, uh, the ISO concert, uh, they're going to have the band altered uh, Wednesday, September 30th at 7 o'clock here. And uh, that's to raise up canned goods to help with the poor. So uh, if you have any information, uh, you need to look at any of this information, we have it available for you. And I want you to take advantage of it. Look with me, please, in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. I'll read this out of the Living Bible tonight. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the King James says, Take heed to yourselves. The Living Bible says, So guard yourself. Say that with me. Guard. Guard. Say guard. Guard yourself and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, His church, purchased with His own blood. Say with me, I belong to Jesus. Spirit, soul, and body. I am His. Hallelujah. He purchased you. 
And it goes on to say, with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elder. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from, their own, from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Verse 31, watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and by many tears for you. Verse 37 says, and now I, verse 32, I'm sorry, and now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with those he has set apart for himself. Aren't you glad you belong to Jesus? Now, how many of you know we're living in the end times? And you know there's a, uh, tomorrow, uh, they're having a national day of prayer. The Muslims are having a national day of prayer uh, in, at the mall in Washington, D.C. And they're calling for at least 50,000 Muslims to come and gather there. And this is what uh, the, um, one of the sh uh, sheiks end up saying. He said, Mus Muslims should march on the White House. We're going to the White House so that Islam will be victorious. Allah willing and the White House we become, will become into a Muslim house. But, and and uh, so Brother Lou Engel and Tony Perkins and the NDP uh, and others are calling for a, a day of prayer and fasting tomorrow. And if you want to from your home, from 6.30 to 8, you can, you can look up the website www.nationaldayofprayer.org and there you can watch a live broadcast of prayer and fasting for our nation. But how many of you know that wolves come in not sparing the flock? And there's a, a, a well-known minister that is, is uh, asking us to, to join and become friends with the Muslims and to accept them as friends and to fast and pray during their holy day uh, and days of prayer to show that uh, we accept them. But how many of you know that we do not accept anything that denies the blood and the name and the word of Jesus Christ? There's only one name. And so we have to be awakened. This is not a racist thing. This is the difference between the gospel of Jesus Christ and the doctrine of hell. And they're coming as vicious wolves. They want to tear apart uh, what our founding fathers built this country on, which is the living word of God. And you and I have to understand that we're called to fight a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle. We do not fight flesh and blood but principalities and powers and wicked spirits in high places. And so I want to encourage you to get on these websites. Tomorrow, make sure that you are praying and, and plead the blood of Jesus and pray that it will not go well at the mall and, and that, that, uh, pray that Jesus will manifest at the mall and that they will see Jesus because that's what's happening over there in many countries is that they are, Jesus is appearing. They're saying, who are you? And, and it's, he's saying, I am Jesus who you're persecuting just like Paul. So let's pray for that to happen more and let's continue to lift up our nation. But also, we ourselves, let's be on guard. Let's take heed. Let's watch and keep the word of God. We'll stay in prayer that the enemy goes around according to John 10, 12, who comes in like a wolf and, and wants to uh, scatter the flock. He cannot have you because you purchase and you just got to say, I belong to Jesus. Amen. So with us, just come forward. Let's get ready to receive uh, this afternoon's offerings and tithe. We bless you. We just call you blessed, highly favored, protected, covered by the blood of the lamb and keep the word of the testimony coming out of your mouth. God bless you. Amen. We've come this far by the light of day Through deserts of loneliness to this sacred place Where well, you know my life 
And all I've been through, the sin in my heart has kept me from you. But Father, your grace is greater than sin. Your mercy rains down and heals me again. All I can do is fall down on my knees and cry, Holy, Holy. All I can do is fall down on my knees and cry, Holy, Holy, you are holy. When I'm on my face in the darkest night, I cry for a way into your shining light. But Father, your grace is greater than sin. It shines down on me and heals me again. But Father, your grace is greater than sin. Your mercy rains down and heals me again. All I can do is fall down on my knees and cry holy. Holy, all I can do is fall down on my knees and cry, Holy, Holy, all I can do is fall down on my knees and cry, Holy, Holy, all I can do is fall down on my knees and cry, Holy, Holy. Hallelujah. Amen. He's holy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, please open them with me. The book of Romans. Am I on? Am I on? Can you hear me now? You got it? Am I on? Yeah, now I'm on, huh? All right. Thank you, Brother Neil. Hallelujah. We want to study the book, start the book of Romans tonight. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. It's a powerful book, but all the Word of God is powerful. And we want to study some things on the heart of Paul. How many of you know, I believe Paul was just one of the greatest men that ever lived. To go through everything he went through, but yet never to compromise and never to bat an eye in the front of principalities and powers and rulers in the natural and the spirit realm. He had such a conviction and such a heart to serve God. And as we're going to see tonight, he has such a heart for Rome. And believe it or not, uh, he did not start the church uh, here in Rome. Uh, he wrote him a letter first and he went later on. But he always had Rome in his heart and we'll see why. But if you're taking a few notes, I want to just lay a little foundation here. Romans is a powerful book about our sanctification, our justification, our redemption, and our glorification. Romans is a powerful book on justification, sanctification, redemption, and glorification. You see this in all the areas of the book of Romans. And I believe that's why it ends in chapter 16 about the God of peace will soon crush Satan. Hallelujah. Underneath our feet. Amen. 
And when you understand the sanctification and justification of the blood of the word of the Holy Spirit, that you are set apart and called, redeemed, purchased. And Paul calls the book of Romans, he speaks quite often about the gospel. Say that with me, the gospel. The gospel, which is the power of God to salvation, the righteousness of God from faith to faith and glory to glory. He believed and he taught in this book, they will see that the book of Romans embodies the gospel of Christ. And so I want to start off reading in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. And I want you to see, and then we'll jump to a few scriptures just here in the first chapter where he uses the word gospel. I want you to see in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who is born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And boy, just these first three verses... It's enough to give you victory for the rest of your life. Through Him. Somebody shout out, through Him. Through Him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name, among whom also you are called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome and beloved of God and called to be saints, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if you look at verse 9, here it is once again. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel. Everybody say gospel. Gospel of his son. And then it goes on in saying verse 15. So as much as is in me, I am ready to do what? Preach the gospel. Somebody shout out, preach the gospel. And then verse 16, he says, for I am not ashamed of the what? The gospel. Somebody shout it out, the what? The gospel of, G- of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Amen. So we see here, just right quickly, he uses the word gospel four times. And I just want you to see some things about the gospel. How many of you know that the gospel means good news, but it's just not any good news. It's the good news from God. Amen. Good news for you and I. And when he's speaking here, he's saying, I have never been present with you in Rome. And this is what, just starting from out from the beginning to get a hold of this. He says, I have never been with you, but I have held you always in my heart and in my prayers. And before going personally, watch this now, before going personally to Rome, he writes this huge letter. And he speaks about the power of the gospel in such a way. And what he's saying here in the Greek, this is what he's saying. And we need to get a hold of this truth for our life. He is saying... Just as Jesus was made, the Word was made flesh to dwell among us. That when Christ came, God altered and changed history forever. The world as we know it, the way man lives as we know it, eternity forever as we know it, has been changed by the appearing of Jesus Christ. And just like the coming of Christ altered history forever, Every time you speak the living word or the gospel of Jesus Christ, that gospel can alter and change and transform any area of your life. So this is what Paul's saying. Before I get there in person, I'm going to send a letter, and it's the same as if Christ was going in person. 
and the letter is going to start working in, in the atmosphere, the letter is the words and the inspiration breathed on from God, the words that I am writing you is as powerful as if I are the one in whom I represent Christ Jesus is there personally. And before I get there, this letter is going to create atmosphere. This letter is going to bombard the heavens. This letter is going to attack the ruling spirits. Just read this letter and the gospel is going to go and do its work as if Christ himself was there person now he has such a revelation of the power of these letters and he was trying to encourage the people at Rome I don't have to be there in person I'm going to send this letter the letter's going to start the work and then I'm going to get there and then I'm going to join in the atmosphere that the letter ahead of time I'm, it may be years before I get to Rome but it doesn't matter the letter every time you read this letter of justification sanctification of the gospel of Jesus Christ every time you read it about the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation every time you read this letter out loud the power of the gospel is going to go into operation until I get there and when I get there I'm going to join in the gospel and we're going to combine with the gospel already written and we're going to continue to break what needs to be broke we're going to continue to shift what needs to be shifted and we're going to continue to bond what needs to be bonded and this is what Paul is saying and this is the revelation you and I I have to get out of the book of Romans and the entire word of God. It's all been inspired by the power of the Holy Ghost. It has always existed. And when you read this word in faith, and you read this word as it is written, this powerful, changing, alterating power of God, when you read this word out loud, you are reading the good news of the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is able to save, deliver, heal, set free, and so that's why I want to just start off right now with this book. I want to challenge you from right now to the end of the year. If you are not reading the word of God out loud, you need to. Because he's saying, before I'm there physically, Jesus is there in written form. And when you read the written form of Christ, Christ is going to be there in spirit He's going to be there in power, and He's going to alter and transform. That's why saints of God is so important. You get CD of the Bible. You get cassettes of the Bible. You get DVDs of the Bible. You get worship that takes the Scriptures and turns it into song, but you get the Gospel, and you allow the Gospel to start going in the atmosphere. And when you read the Word of God, you don't just thank it and read it. You just don't. No, you are also a messenger, he said. You are also an epistle, a written letter of God, that the word of God has been written on the inside of your life. And when you read the gospel of Jesus Christ, history is altered. Your history and your future can be changed. Do you hear me? The gospel speaks of God breaking into the world. Just like he sent his son Christ. He has sent his word. And when his word is spoken, it penetrates your world. 
It penetrates your strongholds. It penetrates the mindsets. He says, I am not here, I'm going to show you, I'm not here appointed by a commission, and I'm not here appointed by man. I am appointed by Christ himself to deliver you the written living word he is giving me. And, every, and if you accept this letter as a letter from Christ, and you speak it and you read it, it's going to break through into your world. It's going to break through into your chains. It's going to break into your sickness. It's going to break into those things that have been holding you down. And there's nothing that is going to be able to hold you back When you start speaking this living word of God We have got to the point where we read this like any other book And it's just something to do in the morning Or it's just something to do at night But we got to understand as we get into this He is saying this is the gospel It is the word about the God who became flesh and dwelt among us It is the gospel about a God who became all man but without sin And it is the gospel about God who was crucified on the cross and it is the gospel that God raised Christ from the dead once again and when you start reading the justification sanctification and redemption through the birth the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ God Jesus God the Father God the Son God the Holy Ghost he invades your world and starts changing things you don't have to have a preacher in your house you don't have to have Billy Graham or Billy Bram or any of these others to come in your house when you open up the Word of God the Father the Son the Holy Ghost is right there in you and with you through Christ Jesus invading your world and transforming and changing things the way it's supposed to be Paul says through the gospel an atmosphere is created for God to impart into you the gospel, according to Paul, he's going to be teaching us. The gospel confronts. The gospel changes pressing situations. The gospel fixes error. The gospel attacks threatening danger. That's causing you problems. How many are ready to get rid of problems? The word of God battles personally. And that's why the enemy hates it so much. Hold your place there and look with me in Colossians chapter 1. Look what Paul says here about the gospel. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 24. Do you realize why the Holy Spirit speaks of the word of God being a sword. Somebody shout out sword. It's not a butter knife. It's not a pocket knife. It wasn't compared to a spoon. It's compared to a sword. But not just a one-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. It cuts going and it cuts coming. And it can divide asunder anything that has to do with spirit, soul, mind, or body. Hallelujah. So it is a powerful weapon. And Paul says here, in, in Colossians 1.24, he says here... Um, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Somebody shout out, fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. Listen, Paul started talking about 
the word that came through the prophets and the priest. Now, now Paul's saying everything that they prophesied about but didn't have an understanding about, it says now has been revealed to you, his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28 says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. To this end I also labor, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. Say that with me. His word is working in me mightily. You're not a peep squeak. You're not a born again loser. You're not someone who is lost trying to be found. The seed of the eternal word of God has been implanted in you that to alter and change your life forever. I want you to look at Luke 4.18. Jesus came preaching the gospel. Somebody shout out gospel. Luke 4 verse 18. Look what it says here. Jesus came preaching The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the what? The gospel. He has given me the message that invades the world of poverty and the poor. He has given me a message that heals the broken heart and invades broken hardness. He has given me a message that proclaims liberty to the captives. He has given me the gospel or the message for the recovery of sight to the blind. He has given me the gospel or the message to penetrate and set at liberty them that are oppressed. Aren't you glad for the day that the word of God arrived and came to you and set you free from all the things that once bound you? Can I hear an amen? Now, in Romans chapter 1, verse 9, it says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. It's not just a soulish head thing. It's in his spirit that are one with the Holy Spirit. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making request, if by some means, not at least, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both in you and in me. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often plan to come to you, but I was, un I was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just among other Gentiles. And he goes on to speak there. He's saying, I have you in my heart. Listen to this. He's saying... Rome is part of my heart. And as we get into this tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to burn a passion. As we've been talking about discipleship all year, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to, as we see Paul's attitude and Paul's heart, which I believe he's one of the greatest disciples that ever lived, I believe that something is going to be burnt on the inside of your heart that Paul says, I've been hindered from doing what is burning in my heart, but I do know one thing, before I die, I'm going to make it to Rome because the Lord appeared to me in Acts chapter 20. It says that the, he gave the testimony that the Lord appeared and said, you must preach this message also to Rome. 
So no matter how much the enemy has hindered me, because I've got this gospel burning in my heart, and I've got Rome burning in my heart, no matter how much I've been hindered, I am not going to give up on the dream of my heart. I'm not going to give up on the word of God, but I know that I'm going to see the fulfillment of that which he spoke to me, even though I haven't been able to do yet. It's burning on the inside of me, and I'm going to completely fulfill it because it is the will of God. That's how you and I must come to know this living word of God. There's something burning on the inside of my heart. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to see it. Therefore, we go from faith to faith. Can I hear an amen? So he desires to go to Rome. It's on his heart. And I want to start off here in verse 1. And I want you to see some of the choice words Paul uses here. He says, Paul, a bondservant. The Living Bible uses the right word in the Greek. And write this down. Is the Greek word uh, doulos. D-O-U-L-O-S. And it's the word for slave. He says, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. A slave of Jesus Christ. And he uses the word Lord there, which is the Greek word kurios, which is K-U-R-I-O-S. And I want you to write this down. He says, I am a slave of the Lord or the Master. And this is one of the definitions. And I want you to write this down. One who is an undisputed possessor. One who has undisputed possession over a person or a thing. And that's the attitude that disciples have to have. When we say Jesus Christ is my Lord, we are saying he is the undisputed possessor of all of my life and over all my possessions. You see, that's how David, you're going to see David use this word slave along with many others. You're going to see that Paul is using one of the favorite words of all the lineage of apostles and priests in the Old Testament. He's using a special word there to show his heart. And he starts off by saying, first of all, I want to say that I am a slave to the possessor of all that I have and all that I am. And the word possessor is also mixed into the word gospel, which you need to write this down. He is saying that the Lord and his gospel has arrested me And I have accepted the sentence of being his slave and a slave to his word for the rest of my life. How many are arrested? You see, that's the word it uses when Jesus showed up on the road of Damascus to Paul. And Paul saw the light. The glory of God arrested Saul of Tarsus and transformed him into Paul the apostle. When we get into the presence of God and when we allow his word to be stirring up on the inside of us, Paul is saying, as I was arrested and now call him possessor of all that I am and all that I have, you must also learn to be arrested by this gospel. Because when you are arrested and taken over and possessed as a possessed man by the gospel of Jesus Christ this word starts to work on the inside of you and all that's in you and all that comes into your mind that's why he says taking everything imagination and thought and bringing it or arresting it into the captivity of the one who arrested me so that my mind and my body and my soul is all in alignment with the one who arrested me by his glory and by his grace therefore since I am possessed by 
by Jesus Christ, all the thoughts and imaginations that rise up against the one who possesses me, I take control of it to bring it under the authority of the one who possesses me, also has the right to possess my thoughts and my imaginations. You get in this church. Woo! Man, this is not, we didn't even finish verse 1 yet. Arrest me, Holy Ghost. Arrest us. Possess us. Possess our time. Possess our will and our emotions. And it's about him being master. That he has purchased me. And listen to this. This is what Paul is saying in the word Lord there. He possesses me. Therefore, write this down. I have no other reason to exist. This is the depth of the heart of Paul. And that's how he's starting off this letter. I have no reason to exist or live except for Christ. And Jesus, what did he teach? You must lose your life to find it. Do you see all of this? And it's so easy to say, for he is Lord. He is Lord. We sang that song for years. But no, he is not possessor of everything all the time, is he? I have not allowed him to arrest certain things about me. He's not possessor of all that I own. I am. It's in my name, God. But he says, then do not call me Lord. Many will call me Lord, Lord in that day. Many will call me Master, Master. He says, I've never possessed you. I've never owned you. You said it with the mouth, but you didn't mean it from the heart. And Paul is getting into the depth of this. It says, I am at the Master's purpose and service. Now get this. I'm going to give you two scriptures here in a minute that explains this. He's saying... My only purpose of existence is for Christ. And in this definition, listen to what Paul says here. I have no right to a day off. I have no right to claim a night or a day. All my rights, 24 hours, 365 days a year, every minute, every breath, has been arrested for the purpose of the one who owns me. Oh man, this man had a revelation of lordship. We holler out, Jesus is Lord over the church. Oh, so if he would ask you to be here on a day that's not a regular day of service, he possesses that day? If he asks the hunters, Are you going to go hunting on a Sunday or are you going to give me that day? Hello. If it's your birthday and you want to have cake and ice cream and he says, would you fast that for me? Well, yes, Lord, because the true birth that I celebrate is Christ. Do you possess me? I have no retirement. I have no day off. I have, this is what Paul is saying, I have no personal will, I have no personal ambition, it's just for the master. 
And I want to show you where Paul gets this word slave from. Look with me in Exodus. Hold your place there. But look with me in the book of Exodus chapter 21. How many of you know this sounds like true uh, discipleship? Sounds like putting that two-edged sword to the natural heart and dying for Christ. This is Exodus chapter 21, verse 5. Let me read in the living because it uses the word slave. Now, this is interesting because this is talking about if a master lets a slave free, but he decides to stay. Listen to this. Out of his own free will. But the slave may declare, I love my master, my wife and my children. I don't want to go free. If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or doorpost of a pub and publicly pierce his ear with an awl. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. This is what the apostle Paul draws that scripture from. How do you know? Paul says in Colossians, I have surrendered my life to Christ. I am his slave. He said, not only that, he says, I bear in my body the marks that my body belongs to Jesus. I have allowed God to take my ear and put it against the post and publicly declare that I am his slave, not because he has the papers over me, but I have willingly surrendered my life to live for him for the rest of his life. That's where Paul is getting this. You can look at Galatians 6, 17. You just write that down. He says, I bear in my body the marks that I belong to Christ. I am his slave. I am his doulos. He is my master. Jesus himself paid for me, arrested me, and I am his slave. Listen to this. I am his slave under a total obligation through love. I'm going to serve Christ and I'm going to do his will out of an obligation of love. Not because... Not because I fear him, I reverence him, but I'm not doing what I do for God because I fear him only. My first and utmost desire is I do it out of love. Whatever it costs, I want to do it. Jesus willingly laid down his life. Paul is saying, I'm willing to give up everything to be possessed by God no matter what it costs me. Amen. He was what was called a love slave. Jesus saw his condition and bought him in that condition. And because you bought me in that condition, I want to love you and serve you forever. Wow. Isn't that the gospel? Now, let me give you a few instances um, just for your note's sake. You don't have to look this up, but in Joshua chapter 1 verse 2, Moses uses this word, as being a slave of Jehovah. That's how these men could outlast the deserts, the mockeries, the crowd, and the problems. Because in their heart, they were all slaves of God. And Moses uses this word in Joshua 1-2. A slave or a doulos of God. Write this down. Joshua 24-29. In Joshua 24-29, Joshua says he is a slave of God. 
2 Samuel 3.18. 2 Samuel 3.18. David calls himself a slave of God. The Apostle James in James chapter 1 verse 1 uses the title slave or doulos of God. 2 Peter 1.1. Peter says he is a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jude chapter 1 verse 1. Jude says he is a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you know Jesus said, if you want to gain your life or if you want to gain the high life, lose the low life. And a lot of times we think of everything we have to give up for God and things that we have to give up and this and that and the other. Let me show you something in the book of Amos chapter 3 where this word slave is used. Amos chapter 3. It's a scripture that's used often, but I want you to see something here that has to do with what Paul is saying. Because Paul, as we're not going to get into tonight, you're going to see that Paul goes all the way into the Old Testament to bring these words alive. And, and, and I, I, I love the Apostle Paul. I want to get a hold of his heart. I want to hear his heart. And this is, he's pulling from Amos chapter 3 verse 7. You hear this scripture used in a lot of ways, but I want you to hear it now after you heard this of what the Apostle Paul says. After we read about Moses and Joshua and David and so many, look what it says here in Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord will, does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his slaves, the prophets. Now, I'll stand before anybody because on TV... They'll use this scripture to get your money. The Lord will do nothing without first revealing it to his prophets. I want to show you the true attitude of Christ in the heart of Paul. I want to show you in Romans what Paul, and, and we'll get to that tonight before we close, but I want you to see here that God is, here, here's the scripture saying, God will reveal nothing unless first he reveals it to his slaves. Why? It's only those who have the attitude of Paul can receive the revelation and the mysteries that God is wanting to give to the church. You're going to see in the letter of Paul, it's nothing about title, it's nothing about importation by man or any of those things. It's all about he who chose me from nothing to make me what I am or will be only because of him. And he's speaking here. I will do nothing. So people say, if I give up everything, I won't have anything. Oh, you have secrets and mysteries and revelations. So many people go, you know what? How can you go to church so much? How do, I mean, what else can they tell you? You've heard everything before. Oh, my God, no. I haven't even started yet. With the revelations and the secrets and the mysteries. So I'm telling you, and you'll hear it all through this. When you hear people go around and go, as a prophet of God, I tell you, oh, be careful. Because if they truly know God, they will go as a slave of God. That all that I am and all that I possess is not mine, but his. I am a slave of God. And I'll give you a word here in the Greek that it confirms what I'm telling you. Now let me show you something else. Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. We have to be so careful about titles. And when you know Jesus, 
the way Paul knew Jesus, the way we're going to know Jesus. It's not about titles. It's about Jesus. About knowing Christ. And I want you to see Jeremiah 7, 25. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent you to all my slaves. That's the word. My slaves. Say with me. My slaves. Say it again. My slaves. My slaves. The ones I possess. The ones who won't twist my word for their own way. The ones who will not twist and confuse my people. The ones who will not... uh, bring error into the way by slaves who have nothing to gain so what they speak is pure my slaves the prophets daily rising up early and sending them being sent by God Paul is saying about the old ones the greatness and their glory lay in the fact that they were slaves of God I love my God, not just the title or the office. What is your first calling? What are you, a pastor, an apostle, a prophet? My first calling is to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my might. And the second high calling, the second high calling is to love my neighbor as myself. Wow. Now this is powerful. Back in the book of Romans, he's speaking here. A bondservant of Jesus Christ. Listen to the words here in Greek. This is what Paul is saying about being a a slave or a bondservant. And this is the attitude that, that we want to develop. Paul is saying, in this letter, I should be as all writers introducing myself. But when he uses the word slave of the master, he's saying instead of introducing myself, he says, he's saying this as a slave. He says, I am backing out of the way in public view so that what you see and what you hear is Christ. He is saying, I am retreating backwards to push Christ forwards. I, Paul, is dis- dis- diminishing I am disappearing behind the message of the Christ. And that's what it was saying about the prophets and the ones of old and Moses. Oh, my God. That I, as a man, an apostle, whatever, I, with my title, I want to back up and disappear behind the message that what people are really seeing and what people are really capturing and what people are really hearing is the heart cry and the wisdom and the mystery and, and, and the, 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 the word of God. I, I want to back out of the picture. He starts off, first of all, saying, I am Paul, but it's not about Paul who's writing you. It's about my master. The words that I speak are not the words of Paul. They're the words of my master. The most honored and highest profession in all the world is to give the story of the great king. Amen? And you see, church, by getting this word that he's giving about separated to the gospel of God, separated, 
going backwards and promoting the gospel, the word of God. In other words, he's saying, when I preach, and he said it in other places, when I preach, there's other that preach for gain. I preach for the honor of being given a word in my spirit to give to the body. And it's not about my position or my title. It's not about me being pushed forward because of the death of revelation and knowledge. No. I've already had the demon buffet me and, and still buffeting me that I do not get the high mind. As Paul says, Paul is saying, I have a demon to buffet me. I have these things that I, I'm under attack and I'm working on. But what I want you to know from my heart that what I am sharing is the pure, pure gospel out of a pure spirit and a pure heart. My, John chapter 12, verse 26. I'll read these to you. Romans 12, verse 1. And 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my slave be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Ephesians 6, 6, 7 says, Laboring not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants or slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing serve or slavery to the Lord and not to men. I tell you, I had something happen Sunday, and it, it's happened before, but as an example, and I, I appreciate all of our greeters and all of our workers, but Sunday morning, I went and looked at the screen, and there was Sister Cayenne. Standing in the middle of the foyer, handing out, handing out uh, bulletins. There she is by herself in the middle of the foyer. Now I have it on tape. You're taped. And there she is standing by herself and she's handing out bulletins. People coming by. She hands them, they're walking by. Hands them, they're walking by. Hands them. Other people are talking, everything going on. She's handing out bulletins. And it's taped. And I saw that. And as I was meditating on this message, I thought, if I saw and I thought, thank God for my sis handing out bulletins, what does God see from his throne when you're doing things not knowing or caring that men are looking, but you know that God is looking at every simple thing, like my brother Steve, every week faithful, driving the cart. Drive up in the parking lot, here he comes. Picking up people in that cart. Ladies with their babies, children. And some may say, boy, I'm glad that's not my job. But God is saying, that's just as important as any other job. A slave says, time? 10 o'clock? 15 to 10? 9 o'clock? 9.30? I don't own my time. He owns my time. To be here early, to serve the church, to serve the body, to serve the kingdom. Count me in. And if nobody sees, nobody knows. He sees and he knows. Listen to Colossians 3, 24, 23, 24. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you are slaves of Jesus Christ. 
Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve or be a slave to God, acceptable and reverence and godly fear. Exodus 23, 5. You shall serve or be slaves to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 10, 12. And what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God and walk in all of his ways and to love him and to be a slave to the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul. Psalms 2.11 Serve the Lord with fear, rejoicing, and trembling. Psalms 102 Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Wow. The next word is apostle, but we're already after 8 o'clock, so I'm going to stop there. But how many of you know there's 16 chapters and we got four words done tonight? But is it rich or is it rich? I love to study the word line upon line, precept upon precept. Love to get hold of the word of God and let the word of God get a hold of me. Church, I'm standing before you as a man. I need the Word of God to get a hold of me. I need the Word of God and the Spirit of God to possess me, to possess my heart, possess my mind. I pray that the Spirit of God possess me, that in my call as a minister, a pastor, to get behind the pulpit, the Holy Spirit helps me preach out a pure heart, a pure spirit. That those who get on the worship team, minister and worship, not eye-pleasing, not to be seen, or whatever other ministry there is to do. It's not about being seen. Sometimes we're not, there are so many workers in this church, so many workers that are not even recognized, so many givers that are not even recognized. October is supposed to be Pastor's Appreciation Month, but there is everybody working together as a body, making this church work, making this church grow, making this church go. And there are so many people that may not be appreciated, but we read tonight that the Lord is going to reward each and every one and I tell you one of the greatest rewards is to grab a hold of this living word and walk around in your house and read it and memorize it and worship with it and glorify God with it on the day of Pentecost whoo all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly, oh, I mean, listen, just read this word out loud, and just let the Holy Spirit just come upon you as you're reading this word, <laughs> and just ignite and fire and fill us with His presence. You just just open the Bible, and you can have a party. Just open the Bible and have a party. <laughs> That's because this word is alive. But how's the soil? How's the soil? How's the atmosphere for the growth of the magnificence that invades the world and changes and alters history forever? How's the soil? Let's stand. Glory be to God. How I many know we're going to get something out of Romans? Amen.
Hallelujah. Father, we come before you and we just, we say it tonight, Lord, we are your, your doulos. We are bond servants of you, Master. And thank you for when Paul said, through the grace. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to obey and yield every area to the word. That our hearts become the soil that can receive the seed that is able to sprout and grow and multiply. Help us to have the type of soil to where we can receive your word and it grows and produces fruit a hundredfold. We yield tonight your bond slaves. That you possess us and possess this church and possess every ministry. Possess the hearts, the attitudes, the desires. That everything we do, we do it heartily as unto you, Lord, as your word says. Because you are worthy of all the service and even more than we can render. And we thank you that you are forming us to be true examples, living examples of the word of God for Central, Amer Central Louisiana and this region and everywhere we go to see and note that the gospel is alive within God's people. We praise you for molding us and preparing us and perfecting us as we yield to you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Do you receive that? Is that your heart cry? Huh? Hallelujah. That'll set you free, won't it? Hallelujah. I'm receiving deliverance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, listen, I love you and I bless you. Don't forget about ladies mentoring tomorrow, ladies. Don't forget about the potluck with the young at heart. Don't forget about the... Uh, Couples be, uh, going bowling, uh, get that information out there. Sunday morning, Bible school, Sunday school at uh, Foundations class at 9 o'clock. And men, invite some friends. Y'all come over because this is the Sunday before hunting season. And I'm changing my, I felt the Lord had me change my message. And listen, we're going to have a good time this Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we're going to have a good time. So just want to invite you. We love you. We bless you. Hug a neck, shake some hands. Amen. See you.